If you're new or if you haven't been here the last few weeks, um, we are on week three, I believe, or four on our teaching on the Holy Spirit. We're doing this series, and this series is going to be, we're going to be in this series a while. And here's why we're talking about it. So a little bit of review. The Holy Spirit is probably the most misunderstood part of the, the Trinity, of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all three are in one, but yet they all have a unique role that they play. We saw that through Scripture. When Jesus was baptized, Jesus came as man. He was baptized. He was in the river. The Holy Spirit ascended like a dove, and the Father in heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. So you saw all three present in that story. In Stephen, in Acts chapter 7, when Stephen is um, being stoned and martyred, his life is being taken. Before he dies, he looks up in heaven and he sees the Father and he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. So they're both there. But it says, Jesus, I mean, it says Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, was going through that. So you see that the Holy Spirit was with Stephen. God the Father, Jesus were in heaven. So here's the thing. This is the, what the scripture tells us. Right now, God is in heaven. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Who is with you is the Holy Spirit. Yet here's the, here's, the, here's the difficult thing and why we have to talk about the Holy Spirit. is because the Holy Spirit is the part of the Godhead that's with you. And you would think the most understood person would be the one that's with us. You know, but we talk about God and we talk about Jesus. But when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there's so many mysteries that people have. And some of that is because you've seen weird things. How many of you have seen weird things? Go ahead. You can say it. If you grew up in certain, you know, I grew up charismatic Pentecostal church. And no, I mean, hey, but I saw some weird stuff that I thought, that ain't it. That's just weird people. That's all that was. And they'd be weird without the Holy Spirit. They're just weird. And so I saw it. And I saw things. And I, and I saw people do stuff. And I thought, you know what? That's why people don't want the, about that. That's why people don't want to hear about the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit has been misrepresented by the church to people. And Jesus, the Bible says in Acts that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit by God. Yet he did not, he did not live in a way that people thought he was crazy and weird and just avoid him. People ran to Jesus because of the fruit that was in his life. Jesus was very loving and compassionate and kind. And those were things that we'll talk about that when we get into the fruit of the Spirit. So we want to make sure even as we talk about the Holy Spirit that we're open to anything that the Holy Spirit has. But we also have to be able to, to put into place just because someone says it's the Holy Spirit doesn't mean it is. We have to say, Lord, you show us, teach us by your spirit what is right, what is of you, and what isn't. So we can live our life fully pleasing you. There's, there's, there's a lot of things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life that we need to be open to. That's different than what we think. But there's also things, like I've told people before, I was talking to someone this week about it. And I was like, you know, you have the group over here that think the Holy Spirit's going to come on them at Target and make them do these crazy things. And they're going to be like, people, they're going to arrest me and kick me out of the store. And I'm like, you got a best up view of the Holy Spirit because that's not what he does. But then there's people over here, you know, so people over there are, even, are scared to even talk about the Holy Spirit. And then you have the people over here who are just, it's all 
they've just seen so much and they've experienced so much. And sometimes what happens is when we see the Holy Spirit in a way where someone has a response or an emotion, sometimes we think the emotion is the Holy Spirit or the thing is the Holy Spirit. And we start focusing on all this stuff. And we start focusing on all this and this. And because I do this, it means I have the Holy Spirit. Because I do this, and it's all about what we're doing and what, what the outward appearance are. Yet, you, but those same people, are they loving? Are they kind? You know, so I think God is bringing us to this healthy place to say this is, this is who the Holy Spirit is. And this is how he should operate in your life. And this is what you need to be open to. Don't throw away anything. Don't add anything. Let it be what it is. Let the Bible say what the Holy Spirit's role is, and whatever his role is, let's let him do it. Let's let him do it. We're going to talk about the spiritual gifts, and I'm going to tell you this right up front. The first gift to you and the gift to you is the Holy Spirit. Then there's gifts that come with the Holy Spirit. But we sometimes bypass the Holy Spirit, and we want to go through some kind of manifestation thing. And that's where we miss it. The Holy Spirit is the gift. God's gift to you is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's better that I leave so you can have the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that. <clears throat> so in this series, that's what we were talking about. We talked about just allowing the Lord to help us get rid of those mindsets and those filters that we have. If you grew up like I grew up in the real deep, got crazy a little bit, charismatic Pentecostal thing, I'm asking you to keep your, keep your heart open if the Lord wants to settle you a little bit. And I don't mean that in, in the sense of water down. I just mean so, so you're not just, that you're aware of this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And then, for people over here who grew up where you don't even talk about the Holy Spirit, I'm just telling you, that's rude. <laughs> you have somebody with you and you never talk to them. You never want to, you don't even want to have a conversation with him. And, and, and he's, he's, the Holy Spirit is a blessing to you. And we just want to be open. So are we open today? All right. That's good. All right, so let's talk about the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about, in John chapter 16, it talks about what the Holy Spirit does. And there was three things that we talked about last week. And it says the Holy Spirit convicts the world of its sin and of righteousness and of judgment, right? Now, when we talked about that word, the word convict, a lot of people put conviction as far as one of the Holy Spirit's number one things. He convicts. In other words, he's going to, every time you mess up, he'll be the first one to tell you, wrong, eh, thanks for trying. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's not his primary function. When you read that scripture, it says, to convict the world of its sin, and then it says the sin of not believing in Jesus. That's where the Holy Spirit convicts right away. An unbeliever saying, you need Jesus. Convic he shows you convicts means to reprove or even to convince. So every one of you that, give, that has given your life to Jesus, the Bible says that you cannot say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was part of the path for you to get to Jesus. And Jesus is the path for you to get to the Father. Because Jesus says in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
So the Holy Spirit draws us to Jesus, Jesus to the Father. So the whole idea of the Holy Spirit convicting the world of its sin, a lot of people just stop there. But if you keep reading, it says the sin of not believing in Jesus. And that's where the Holy Spirit's uh, focus is getting us to Jesus. And then when we give our lives to Jesus, he convinces or convicts us of righteousness, which means this. He is helping to convince us that the second we got in relationship with Jesus, that our identity changed. Our identity changed from sinner to righteous. Do we still sin? Yes. But we are righteous through Jesus. So the Bible says that by, by one man, sin entered the world, and by one man, we became righteous. Because of Adam, sin entered. Because of Jesus, he paid the price for us. So now we have right standing. That's what righteous means. We have right standing with God because of Jesus. So Jesus paid the price for our sin. What does the Bible say? The wages of sin is what? Death. Every one of you, how many of you have sinned? Okay, if your hand's not up, you can raise it now because you just did. We all have sinned. We all have sinned. So for all of us, the price of our sin is death, and it's got to be paid. It has to be. That's the price for it. And you know what? Jesus said, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll pick that up for you. I got, I'll take your, t- I'll, I'll, give me their check. Give me their bill. I'll pay it. I'll pay it. And Jesus died so we could have life. That's, that's, what, that's what he did. So that makes us righteous only through Jesus. Now, if we see ourselves as righteous, what do we do? Well, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous do what? They run to it when, when, when they need safety. They run to Jesus. That's what righteous people do. Psalms 37 says the righteous are never forsaken. So we can have confidence that God will take care of us. The Bible also says that righteous people, the righteous man falls. But what does he do? He gets back up. So see, when you see yourself as righteous and you mess up, you don't throw down this shame and condemnation on yourself and feel like you're the worst person ever. I keep messing up, whatever. You don't do that. You know what you do? You get up. Why? Because that's what righteous people do. So when you see, so the Holy Spirit not only convicts us that we need Jesus, but then convinces us once we have Jesus that we're different. And they are righteous through Jesus. And then it talks about judgment. We talked about how it says that he judged even the prince of the world, even the devil has already been judged. Colossians says he's been disarmed of his power. He's been disarmed, made a public spectacle. So so we have power over the enemy. The Bible says if we're submitted to God, all we have to do is resist the enemy. That's it. Just resist. We just resist. So when when we have an understanding that the enemy has been defeated, nothing can stop us. No weapon formed against us will prosper. So, so the Holy Spirit takes us through this process of we need Jesus. We receive Jesus. We're forgiven. Okay? We're, we're justified, which means just as if I'd never sinned. That's justified if you break it down like that. Okay? So we've, we've been made new because of Jesus. The Bible says the old has passed away and all have become new. So we're with Jesus, and we're righteous because of Jesus, and then we don't have to worry about the enemy taking us down and doing all that. We can walk in victory because the enemy has already been defeated, and we can walk in victory. So that's what kind of what we talked about last week. Now let's talk a little bit more specifically about what does the Holy Spirit do for us, and how does the gift of the Holy Spirit work in our life? So let's talk about this. First of all, John 14, 
verse 16. We're going to talk about one of the things that the Holy Spirit is, and it says in the Bible, is that he is our advocate. It says, I will ask the Father, he will give you another advocate. Now, let's just leave it right here. Who will never leave you. All right? Advocate means this. There's several words it means. Comforter. Some of your Bibles may say comforter, depending on what translation you have. Some says helper. Okay, the word is parakleos. That's the Greek word. <coughs> Excuse me. And that Greek word means called along one side. So listen to this. If that's referring to the Holy Spirit, then this is, what the, this is who the Holy Spirit is for you. He's not just saying, ah, I'll combine help. He is called to help you. By God, sent by God to help you. So there's an important thing to know. This isn't just someone that says, you, you ever had somebody help you? Well, let me say it this way. Help you, but they really didn't know what they were doing. Like when I help somebody, <laughs> oh, you have a car trouble? Let me look. Well, your tires have air. That's all I can help you with. I don't know anything else. Well, if you got gas in there, then that's all I know. Check the gas, check the tires. I can't tell you anything else. So, so we, don't, we're not, we can't look at it like just an average someone trying to help a little bit if they can. This is the Holy Spirit who is God. And the Father says, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit that will never leave you. And he's here. He's, here he says, I'm asking for He will give you another advocate. Now, remember here where it says another. We talked about this last week, I believe it was, or maybe the week before. But that Greek word, another, it has two different words. One of them is, I want to say it's like, I didn't have, I don't have it in my notes, but heteros or something. The other one is alos, A-L-L-O-S. Those are two Greek words that are used for the word another. And they mean two different things. One of them means um, the same of a different kind, or the other one means um, the same but of, a, of, of another kind. Here's what I, here's, let me just explain it to you this way. How many like dessert? Okay. So if I was to go to Chris's house and they make a meal, well, Lisa makes a meal. Um, so, or Chris orders one, either one. So... If I go to their house, okay, and let's say that, that she makes this wonderful coconut cream pie. Nice. But I don't like coconut. Right? I don't mind telling you. I don't like coconuts. Like toenails in your mouth. I don't like the texture. I don't like the texture of it. I don't like it. Sorry for that visual. You okay? All right. So, so here's the thing. I don't, so if, if I was courteous and, and ate it, um, but if I, if I wanted another dessert, if I, if I have another one of the same kind, I have another piece of coconut cream pie. But if I have another of a different kind, I'm still having dessert, but it's a different kind of dessert. So the, the idea of it being overall a dessert, it's the same, but it's a different kind. The exact same would be that. So when when the Bible talks about this, it talks about the Holy Spirit saying, I'm going to send you another of the same kind. So it's not like just, okay, I'll get somebody else to help you. No, Jesus, the Son of God, is leaving and saying, you're still going to have God with you. It's the same kind. You're still going to have the helper, and he's going to be with you forever. He'll never leave you. 
And that's, that's how it kind of, when I saw that, I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. It's not like Jesus saying, oh, we'll get somebody else to help you. He's saying, listen, you still have this eternal helper who knows everything and has access to everything. And I'm leaving so he can come and he'll be with you. So think about having this helper. When you have a helper, listen, when you need help and you have a helper, man, it feels good if they know what they're doing. It just does. And that verse tells us that we have, an, we have a helper. We have an advocate. So you think about, you know, we, we just, if you haven't seen the kitchen, um, we, it's finished. You know, a lot of you have come by that closed door for like six months. Like, when are they going to finish this kitchen? Um, but we did a lot of it ourselves as far as all the work. And Chris is the brain behind it as far as Patty's a designer. Chris is like... The guy that, you know, knows how to put stuff up and what measurements to get and all that. Um, but I was just a helper for the most part. Sometimes I'd be like, nope, let's do that, you know. But I came in, and, and sometimes here's the thing. My helping um, is very limited. So when Chris is doing something, I say, hey, you need help? Sometimes he's like, no, I'm good. But if I'm in there trying to do something, and I'm trying to hang, put something on the wall or hang, hang a cabinet or something, he comes in, you need help. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Because I know he knows what he's doing. Right? So, so I have to say, you know what? I have a helper. Now, if you have a helper, this is what he means. He's not a doer. He's helping you. So the Holy Spirit doesn't take over and do stuff for you. The Holy Spirit helps you do what God's called you to do. So, so when the Holy Spirit, when God speaks to me about this is, you know, I want you to plan a church. I want you to do this or do this. Listen, I still have to take steps. But I have a helper that's beside me saying, yeah, 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 just like that, right there. Nope, don't do that. Yep, right here. Yep. That's the helper. And here's the reason why sometimes we don't, we have to make sure we understand this. is because you have to be open for help, for the helper to help you. You cannot be one of those people who just thinks you got it. Because those are the kind of people that take forever to do something and it's still not right. I'm one, I, 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 sometimes I probably still am, but I, I, sometimes I'll do things and I'm just determined I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. You know, I'm going to figure this out. Listen, I still, today, which we, we'll meet about this on Monday morning, me and Curtis, my light in the kitchen has the cover off of it. Tools are in the dining room on the floor because I cannot get this light to work. I didn't change the bulbs. I didn't anything. There's some kind of wire thing. I even tried to mess with the wires some. I'm not an electrician either. Um, that's why I shouldn't be messing with wires. But I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm trying everything. And then this is what I said Saturday. I said, you know what? I'm leaving the cover off, and I'm going to get Chris to help. You know Why? Because I finally realized, after three trips to Lowe's, <laughs> buying the same light bulbs, man, I got another bad set of light bulbs. <laughs> that it ain't the light bulb. It's something else. And I don't know about anything else. So to me, I kept saying, listen, I even prayed over that thing. <laughs> Lord, you can part the sea. Just turn the light on. <laughs> Just turn the light on. And you know what? I need help. I can stay in my kitchen for the rest of the month. And that light still ain't going to work. 
Because I have no clue what people look for. So why would I not be open to help? Why can't, why can't we just acknowledge in our life as believers that life throws a lot of stuff our way and we don't know how to deal with it? We, we don't understand it. We have no clue why or what to do or how to respond. We don't even know. Sometimes we don't even know what to believe. And the whole time we're going through all this, we have a helper. We have a helper that says, I can help you. I can help you. So my encouragement to you is recognize the Holy Spirit as your helper, that he's called alongside you to help you do it, and begin to ask for help. As soon as you face something, your first question should be, Lord, how am I going to walk? How am I going to walk through this? What do I need to believe? Show me. Help me know what to do. And you'll find that when you do that, He'll answer you. And then you'll have this thought of like, Oh wow! Like, I kind of know what to do. Like, I kind of know what I should do. And then don't act so surprised. Because you think God's in heaven like, oh, they're surprised. And God's like, he's been with you the whole time. I mean, I have been with you the whole time. It's, I love, I want you to feel that all the time. Because he's with you. And he made the point to say, your helper called alongside of you. Made a point to say, he'll never leave you. So you have help with you 24-7 every day. You don't have to call a helpline. You don't have to wait on a hold and listen to that music. You just, hey, I need help, and there's your help. Just like that. Just like that. So that's part of the role of the Holy Spirit. Here's another thing the Holy Spirit does. Look in, look in verse 17 of John 14. He is the Holy Spirit, talking about the advocate. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. He leads you into all truth. Look at John um, 16, verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So it says he will lead you. And he will guide you. So this is where it's not just that he's your helper now, he'll help you, but he'll even tell you, look, follow me, I'll show you. Like, I'll, I'll show you. If you still don't understand, just follow me. We, are, we, are, we live in a society, especially in the business world and in the church world. And there's nothing wrong with it, so don't go misquoting and tweeting how against leadership I am. I'm not. But we talk all about leadership. All about. There's leadership conferences every week somewhere. But you know what we struggle doing? We so want to learn how to lead that we don't know how to follow. And we need more fellowship conferences. We need more conferences telling us, hey, if you want to lead, then follow. Because Paul says this, follow me as I, what? Follow Christ. In other words, and I'm t- I'll tell you all the same thing. Look, if you're following me as your pastor, you better make sure you know who I'm following. Because I've followed people and gotten lost because they were lost. This is, it's kind of, it's not really, well, I mean, it's, 
Okay, I'll just tell you. There is a, I was like, it's not really funny, but it's the funny part of something that's not funny. But there was a, uh, my dad and some other um, friends and stuff, they were in this, they were at a funeral, and, and they were in the, in the long car line. What's it called? Yes, the procession. And they're going to the gravesite or whatever, and they're all going. And, and they, whoever was in one of the cars just had been going the entire service and thought, I have to hit the restroom real quick. We'll just catch up with them. They pulled off, and all these cars start pulling off. They're pulling like into like a Hardee's or something. And then here comes another car. And then here comes another car. They're like, oh, you know what? So they just get back out there. They're like, there's no way I'm stopping. But you know what? Everybody was following. And the only reason, they, they didn't think it was the right way, but that's what the car in front of us did. So it's dangerous if we just follow people. But if we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, he knows where he's going. He knows where you need to go. And he'll take you. So as a leader or as a guide, how many of you have ever been on a, on a tour and you had a tour guide? See, here's the thing. Most of the time, I'm not saying all the time, but we went to the University of North Carolina, Asheville, because um, Chase, my middle son, is going to be going there in the fall, and they give us a tour. Well, the tour was by people who are there and live there, and they know everything about the school. It only makes sense that they're leading the tour, right? So if you have someone that's going to guide you, don't you think it makes sense? That they know what they're doing? That's the Holy Spirit. Patty, um, when I was youth pastoring, we went on a trip. Um, I took the youth on a whitewater rafting trip. And my prayer was like, let me bring home the same amount that I take. Um, so we're going down. We're going down, and you have to have guides in every boat. And so we're going down, and they, the guide tells me at the beginning Listen, the water's really up. It's, uh, it'll be fine, but just tell your youth they need to listen. When I say paddle, they need to paddle. Because there's certain things, if we don't get to the right side, it's going to be a much rougher ride. And if people get thrown out, here's what happens. And I'm like, don't say that to them. Just, I'll make sure. So I, I'm giving everybody the, all right, here's what we're going to do. So as the youth pastor, I thought, okay, all, all my leaders they're volunteers. I'm trying to get them in, you know, you guys ride in these rafts. So I have the young junior high boys, just a few of them. And uh, so we're in the raft, and our guide, they'll say, you know, all forward, and everybody's going forward, or left forward, right back, and everybody's paddling, whatever he's saying. So we practice, and we're good. So we get out there, and a couple of them are already nervous. And we hit the first rapid, which wasn't really even a rapid. It was just a that's all it was. I mean, it was literally, and they're like, are we going to fall? And I'm like, maybe. So I'm just like, just paddle. If you don't paddle, we're all going to fall. So, so we start going. Well, we hit this one rapid, and we lost some passengers. And, and what they do, you know, even though they panic, they're all, they got all their vests and everything on. So they, they float to the surface, and, and they're all, you know, and I look back, and our guide is gone. Now, if our guide was there, I would not have panicked. But I'm like, I got three little junior high kids screaming in the water, and I don't know how to steer this thing without help. And then the ones that are still in are 
like laying in the middle. <laughs> like they are not going over. So long story short, we got everybody back. But I'll never forget when you when we lost the guide, I thought we were done. And I thought, I'm going to have some funerals to do. When I get back, this is not going to be good. But we got everybody back in the boat and everything was fine. But the fear that happened was only because we didn't have a guide. I thought, I have no idea how to navigate these waters. But see, when he was back in the boat, I was at peace because he knows how to navigate it. So that's, that's part of understanding that he's our, he's our guide. Look at Luke Chapter 14, I mean, chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned to the Jordan River, and he was led by who? The Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus was led by the Spirit. Acts 16, verse 6 and 7. Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them <clears throat> from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. They were prevented by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, as their guide, as their leader, said, we're not going there right now. Prevented it. That's because the Holy Spirit leads us. Look at Romans 8, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are what? Children of God. So for us, as children of God, we should be led by the Spirit of God. So we have to understand. This leading by the Spirit is something that is very important for us to understand. That our role as a believer is not to have it all together. Our role as a believer isn't to know everything. Our role as a believer is to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in our life. Who knows everything and will lead you into everything? We have to follow. We have to stop wanting to be up front and be okay being in the back. Be okay being second. That's how it should be. We all got to work on being better followers. Here's the third thing the Holy Spirit does in John 14, verse 26. When the Father sends the advocate, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you. He will teach you. He's not just a helper, okay, but he teaches you. Think about a teacher that you had in school, teaching you something you didn't know, explaining it to you, instructing you in it, teaching you. Now, you want to have a teacher who knows what you need to know, right? I, I, I'm a, um, one of the coaches for my daughter's um, tournament softball team. And I played a lot of infield. I played shortstop growing up through high school. And so, and I pitched, but, but they don't pitch like I do in softball. They pitch underhand, so I can't help them there. But the infield, I can help them because I played it. And when we were practicing, they, the girl at shortstop, there was a couple of things I thought, that's not how you do it. And I went out there and I said, listen, the reason why you're not getting that person out is because of this. Do you, want to know, do you want to know why? She's like, yes. And I said, can I teach you? She said, yes. I said, are you teachable? She said, yes. I said, then do this. When that person comes off the base that far, instead of just throwing it, you run straight at them. And you make them commit to go back or go the, to the base. Whichever way they go, you're going to throw them out. But if you throw it here, she's got time to run back to that base. You throw it to this base, they got time to run back to that base. So she's waiting on you to throw to one so she can run to the other. You make her pick one while you still got the ball. You just run straight at her. So here's what happened. Next play, girl's at third. Ball's hit to her, halfway off. She turns, and she runs straight at that girl. And that girl was like, <laughs> she's kind of like, she didn't know what to do. And you know what happened? She got her out. And she came, she came to me, she's like, it worked. And I was like, you have a good teacher. 
You have a good teacher. I can't teach you anything else, but I can tell you that. That's how you get them out. So, but the thing is, is you have to be teachable. Being teachable means you're open. We talked about it. You're humble because prideful people are not teachable. So you're humble. You're, you want to grow. And you're willing to receive correction. We talked about that the very first week about being teachable in this series. That if something's wrong, let somebody tell you. See, the Holy Spirit's not going to come up and make you feel shame. The Holy Spirit will tell you that's not the way to go. But what he'll tell you isn't just that's not the way to go, but what he'll really tell you is this is the way to go. So by going here, you're not going to go there. So he's going to lead you into truth. He's going to help you, but he'll teach you. That's, that's the role for him to teach you. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 11 and 12. Jesus talks to his disciples, and he says, When you're brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. Man, that's good for us to know even now. Maybe not in the same setting, but there's going to be times when circumstances are difficult. I mean, they were talking about, you know, when you go before the synagogue, you go before people, the Holy Spirit will, will teach you what to say. But when you face difficulty on your job, you face difficulty in a situation or with a neighbor, and there's just tension, and people, are, people say something to you or say something about you or, or just getting on that last nerve. Before you talk, before you react, before you defend yourself, let the Holy Spirit teach you. Let the Holy Spirit tell you what to say and when to say it because it will always lead to good results. We can't be so quick to just think we know. Let's let our helper teach us. This is how you should respond to that. This is how you should respond. And every time I'm telling you, he'll help you. He'll help you. Acts 13, verse 2 through 4. These men were worshiping the Lord and fasting. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Dedicate Barnabas and Saul for their special work I've called them. So here it is. While they were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. In other words, the Holy Spirit spoke to them and told them, this is what you need to do. And they did. They, they did exactly what they said. Why? Because the Holy Spirit spoke. The Holy Spirit will teach you. He'll speak to you. He'll help you understand those things that you don't understand even now. Here's another thing. Look at uh, John 14, verse 26. Here's something else the Holy Spirit helps you. He reminds you of things. It says the Holy Spirit as an advocate, he will teach you everything. And then it says this. He'll remind you of everything that I've told you. So Jesus is saying all the things that I've told you, the Holy Spirit is going to be there with you forever. And he's going to remind you of all the things you're supposed to remember. Now to remind you of something means you, you've heard it. But he reminds you. He brings it to your remembrance. You know, I, when I was in Bible college, I thought I was spiritual because I was going to Bible college. So I thought, Lord, will you just reveal to me the answers to these tests when I have them? <laughs> Thinking like I wouldn't have to study. That's not what happens. He'll bring things to remembrance that you've put in there. That's why I tell people sometimes, listen, if you will get in the word, consistently. You're going to be surprised that one day you're going through something and the Lord brings, this Holy Spirit brings a scripture up that you read two weeks ago. 
that you didn't have fully memorized, that you didn't do a deep study on, that you had been meditating on for 10 years. It's just something that was in there that he brought up. He just brings it up. He brings it to your remembrance. That happens a lot. But see, here's the thing. For it, for it to be brought up, you have to, put it, you have to have it in there. That's why there's still that part. He's the helper. We got to do our part. Let's get in the word. Let's hear what God has to say. And then as we do that, the Holy Spirit will bring that stuff up and remind us. So that, that's what it is. Now, here's a, an illustration of that. I was trying to find an illustration, but I found one, and it's um, in Luke chapter 22. But you remember when, um, well, we'll just read it. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's word flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, tomorrow morning you will deny me three times that you even know me. So here's the thing. Remember when Jesus told Peter, that you were going to deny me. You're going to deny me three times. Because Peter was you know, like, I got you. I will defend you. They will not. I will die for you. They will not take you. I will not disown you. I will not. And, and Jesus said, listen, you're going to deny me tomorrow. Morning. You're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, no way. And then he goes through this. And they come and they arrest Jesus. And all the disciples are scattered. And then these people come to Peter and say, are you one of those disciples? And he says, no. I don't even know, I don't even know Jesus. Who are you talking about? Three times he did that. And the third time, he heard the rooster crow, and then, it, then he remembered. It was brought up at that moment. I remember what Jesus said. He said, I would. I didn't think I would, but now I remember him saying that. So see how it was brought up. It was something he wasn't thinking about, didn't think he'd ever do it. But it was brought up later, and it actually happened. So when you think about reminders, see, even for me, like I'll use Siri sometimes. Um, Siri is not the Holy Spirit, just telling you, okay? Not at all. But sometimes in the world we live in, we have these little things now where you can just, you know, you can just say, hey, Siri, remind me to wrap up my message in three minutes. So see, in three minutes, I'm going to get a reminder. And don't, that doesn't mean nothing. But, <laughs> but in three minutes, I get a reminder. Why? Because that's what Siri does. If you, tell, if you tell Siri to remind you, how does it remind you? It just says, hey, don't forget. And the Holy Spirit does that for us. Don't forget. Don't forget. There's times when I face situations or, I have to, or I'm talking with someone. The Holy Spirit says, remember. Remember what they've been through. Remember what you were, were like. Remember how this affected you. And the Holy Spirit brings that stuff up sometimes to help you connect better with people and help you understand people. That's, that's, that's the advantage of having the Holy Spirit with you, that he can remind you of those things. And then the last thing that we'll talk about is the Holy Spirit reveals. Look at John 16. We'll read verse 13 and 14. When the spirit of truth comes, he guides you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard, and he will tell you about the future. He'll bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So he says, listen, he'll tell you the things that he's heard. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you what Jesus has said. And whatever he speaks to you, he's receiving from God. And what it is is sometimes... There are certain things that we just can't grasp. In our minds, we just can't grasp. 
We can't grasp it. And there's some things that you just get by revelation. It's a deeper understanding. Here's a couple of scriptures about it. Look at 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 and 10. It says, that is what the scriptures mean when they, when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things, how? By his spirit. By his spirit is how God reveals things to us. Why? Because the spirit is with us. Right? If the spirit is with us, it makes sense. That the, Holy, that the Holy Spirit would be the one to reveal those things to us. As God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit, that it would be revealed. And that revelation will change us. That revelation, it helps us realize that we don't have to. Listen, we put too much pressure on ourselves as believers to try to know how to get all the answers of everything. Listen, God will show you. When you seek him, you'll find him. He wants you to understand, and he'll teach you through his word, through the spirit, in different ways. He'll teach you. Look at Matthew chapter 16. Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked the disciples, who do people say that uh, the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Then Jesus said this, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answers, you're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn it from any human being. Listen, your understanding of God is not limited to human beings. It's not limited to what a human can tell you. It's not limited to what I can tell you. Your understanding of God is far greater than just what I can tell you or anybody else can tell you. You can have revelation from the Spirit of God, everything you need to know to encourage you, to strengthen you, to help you. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He reveals. If you, uh, Chris, hand me that. Um, I might as well just come up here too. You knew that was coming. You need to pray for our staff because they get volunteered for stuff they don't volunteer for. All right. So think about it this way, all right? <laughs> so if someone came in here, if you came in here today, and, and you had never been here before, you have no idea who this is, right? And if you wanted to know who it is, this is what it means to reveal, okay? That's what it means. There you go. See there? It means this. You're taking the blinders off. You're, you're uncovering or you're unveiling something. You know, even those game shows, there's like door number one, door number two, and you don't know what's back there. Thanks, Chris. You don't know what's back there. You don't know until the doors are open or the veil is pulled away, right? That's what it means. That's the revelation. Listen, the Holy Spirit already knows everything, has everything. You have access to all of that. But it's not until it is pulled back and revealed that you really get it. And the Holy Spirit is there to help you when you're struggling. I don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit will say, listen, let me, let me pull this back. Let me uncover for you what you need to do. And he uncovers it, and he pulls the, the veil back, and he reveals it. This is what you should do. Walk this way. That's the Holy Spirit. That's his role in our life. That's what he does in our life. And I promise you, if we can get more understanding and more knowledge and more revelation knowledge of the work of the Holy Spirit, you think about what we talked about today. That's all you need to think whatever you face, you have a helper. Whatever you face, you have a helper. You have someone who will lead you and guide you through it all that knows it all. 
that knows everything, that will not get you lost, that will not hurt you. He, he's there to help you. He's your helper, and he'll lead you, and he'll guide you. So when you don't know, he'll say, follow me. I'll show you. That's the thing. When we, when we go places, like on a trip with, we're going to the men's retreat this weekend. You know, we try to carpool, but it can be dangerous if you have a lot of cars going. But there are times where, look, if you don't know where you're going and the person in front of you does, all you have to do is follow. Back in the day when there wasn't GPS in every car or on your phone, you had to just either get an atlas. Some of you are like, what did he say? What did he say? What's an atlas? You know, or a map. But sometimes, especially when I was younger, if I was going to my friend's house and I was following him and he knew how to get there, as long as he doesn't leave me, I'll make it to his house. Well, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will never leave us. So we'll always be with him. So he'll always going to be right there in front of us. He's always going to be directing. He's always going to be leading us. And we'll make it. And then he teaches us. And then when he teaches us, here's the thing. You ever been in class and you, you leave that class thinking, man, that was a lot of information. And then the next day you get more information. And the next day you get more information. And you think, there's no way I can remember all this. Well, let's go to the next thing that the Holy Spirit does. He'll bring it to remembrance when you need it. He didn't expect you to just get it all the first time. He's like, now I'll, I'll help you. I'll reveal it. I'll remind you of that. And then those things that we still don't get, we still don't understand, the Holy Spirit says, let me uncover that for you. Because it's way better than what you think. Let me uncover the love of God for you. Because you think God's love for you is nah, the same as our love for pizza. Or we think it's the same, you know, it's just a simple little, oh, I love you. I'm telling you, it's a love that is unconditional, that nothing changes. At your worst day, his love is still the strongest. That's the love of God. And the Holy Spirit just wants to Pull that veil off to say, you're worth it. You're valuable to God. You matter to God. You're loved by God. He sees your failures. He sees your struggles. And he still thinks you're awesome. He still values you. He still loves you. He's still got good plans for you. And he gave you a helper to help you get there. That's, that's what he does. So there's nothing else we need. This weird God thing that people talk about with the Holy Spirit is such a blessing. He is such a blessing to us. We need to begin to embrace the work of the Holy Spirit because it will change your everyday life.